Thank you, Rabbi Wolby, with Hashem's loving grace. Welcome to our weekly Shur and Likutei Moran. Today we start a brand new unit. Uh, we're starting to learn Discourse discourse 6, what we call Torah 6. Rabbi Nachman's discourses are called Torahs, Torah 6. Torah 6 is one of the most amazing discourses. Uh, we're going to learn this slowly, not going to go fast, because there's so much to learn, and there's so much lessons in life. Lessons in life and the most important thing, getting close to Hashem. And we will see how to be happy and successful. And we will see what makes us unhappy and unsuccessful. And Rebbe Nav shows what's important in life. And you're going to have to go slowly because there are so many Kabbalistic references that just don't want to fly through them. You have to explain them and try to explain them in a way that uh, even I can understand them. Okay, so if I can understand them, you certainly can understand them. Okay, so we the Gemara tells us that if a spoken word is worth a nice spoken word, is worth a gold coin, then silence is worth two golden coins. That it's especially important to know when to be silent. And we're going to, Rabbi Nachman is going to talk about that with the power of taking humiliation with silence. And how can you take silence with what we're about to learn? It's impossible because the human ego, if we look on the body side, we'll talk about the war about the body and the soul. Uh, the body doesn't want to hear it. The body is willing to, to declare war for an insult. But the soul says, wait a second, where's the insult coming from? The insult coming from Hashem. So the Baal Shem Tov tells us, Baal Shem Tov explains what King David says in Psalm 16, Shiviti Hashem lenegdi tamid. I see Hashem before me always. This is a... It, the language of the Torah has it's like a kaleidoscope. The word shiviti, it means I place. King David says, I place Hashem's name before my eyes always. We're always asking Hashem. But shiviti also comes from the word shivion, which means equal. That everything Hashem does is equal in my eyes. In other words, if the good and the seemingly not good, it's all from Hashem. Now, who is the Hashem that it all comes from? Hashem is the creator. And guess what? How lucky I am. The Shem is my loving father. Okay, so if he's a creator and loving father, so it's a no-brainer that everything's going to do for the best. So we'll see sometimes a person verbal insult, a, a verbal insult, it, it pay, yes, it hurts, it stings, but it's much better than uh, losing, losing a person's bank account, losing a person's job, losing a person's health. And it's a very powerful, powerful atonement. We're going to learn why it's such a powerful atonement. Okay, so it, this the ability to remain silent invokes a lot, a lot of blessings, and you know many holy people that they open up their mouths to pray, they open their mouths to learn Torah, they open their mouths to say a compliment to someone, and uh, but they don't speak mundane speech, because the Zohar tells us that a person has so much speech a lot in his lifetime, and when you use up his lot, then his life is over. Uh, so we don't like to waste words. So we'll start, open up, if you have, look at Temoran, open up to Torah Vav. I say the Hebrew and then I translate it. And in our, our translation, uh, and we continue. So we open up Torah Vav, and Rabbi Natan, who wrote this Torah down, he says, Lashon Rabbeinu. Whenever he says Lashon Rabbeinu, it's not that he transcribed the Rebbe, the Rebbe's uh teachings. It's that the Rebbe made him write it down word for word. So oftentimes the way it went, when Rebbe Nachman would say something, Rebbe Natan would remember it. if it was a Shabbat during the week, he would write it down. And then Rebbe Nachman would ask for the notes and he'd go and he'd check the notes. And he said, no, this is not what I said. This is what I said. And exactly. He would exact it. But when Rebbe Natan says, Lashon Rabbeinu, this is the words, the, the words of Rabbeinu, not something that, that he wrote down or one of the other disciples wrote down, then it, we were very, very exacting with this. Okay, Lashon Rabbeinu Zichon Vochet. He wrote this down after the Rebbe passed. Uh, he said, this is the language of the Rebbe, his sacred memory. He brings a passage from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31. Then God said to Moses, the time is coming for you to die. Yoshua, summon Yehoshua. So God says to Moses, okay, time 
Your 120 years is is almost up, by the way. Moses' birthday is, uh, well, it's actually the second Adar. Okay, this is seventh of Adar is uh, tomorrow. It's actually nights after sundown. This is, it's amazing that we said that I didn't plan it this way, but this passage, this is exactly on Moses' yard site. Uh, the Sephardim celebrate the yard site on the first month of Adar and the Ashkenazim on the second month of Adar. But uh, this is, this is we, ju- we just brought this exactly talking about right now. So right before Hashem takes Moses' soul, he says, call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting, and give your blessing. This is when Moses, Hashem said, give your hand, ordain, ordain your hand on, that's where we get the word ordaining from. He said, or put your hand, place your hand on uh, Joshua's head and ordain him. Uh, and Moses placed both hands on Joshua's head. So this is Moses's uh most of generosity he did he gave everything he had he gave everything he had to his to his his student Joshua and then Joshua continued on it would continue after Moses and ex- we'll see when the five books of Moses end up okay you have right away the book of jo- Joshua the book of Joshua that's the beginning of of uh, the prophets of so Joshua and then the judges and then the the book of Samuel and on, on down okay now Rabbeinu says, we're in, in letter Aleph. Ki tzarich kol adam lemaet bekvod atzmo uleharbot bekvod amakom. This is so, so very important. It's only for life. And few people in Western society, they're the accidents happening. That every person is required to minimize his or her, her own prestige and to maximize the honor Hashem's honor, Hashem's prestige. Okay. We see that uh, uh, that the world was created so we could see Hashem's glory. Hashem created the Alps so you could see Hashem's glory. Hashem created the ocean, you could, you could see His glory. Hashem created the Rocky Mountains, see Hashem's glory. That's everything. All for Hashem's glory, the, the fantastic creations, the, the, the zodiac, the sky, the sun, moon, stars. It's all to show Hashem's honor, Hashem's greatness, Hashem's omniscience, Hashem's, uh, Hashem's unlimited power. So then he says, If a person pursues his or her own prestige, then they don't get divine prestige. Now we'll see, what's divine prestige? Rabbi Nachman is about to explain. Okay, if you try to grab prestige with your own hands, it's called human prestige, prestige that humans give you, then this is called uh, this is called glory of kings or kingly prestige and it's the difference between the glory of Hashem and Hashem's prestige. For example, who has Hashem's prestige? We're soon see. You take the, the great, uh, talk about <clears throat> the great Torah leaders of each generation. They're not elected. Rabbi Chaim Kinevsky was not elected. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was not elected. The Lubavitcher Rebbe was not elected. Rabbi Nachman was not elected. They got this prestige from Hashem. And they rose to the top <clears throat> because Hashem chose them. Hashem chose them to shine his countenance on them, to give them prestige. Okay, but not uh, not from humans. So Rabbi Nachman continues. What happens with kingly prestige, prestige for people? Uh, King Solomon, the wisest of all men, he says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 2, that the glory of kings is an investigated matter. Everybody investigates the glory of kings. So do you, you see it's a, a, a big secret coming up. Uh, what, what happens when a person sees someone? I'll give you an example. What's a glory of kings? Glory of kings taking the army. Uh, guys have ranks. But one guy's got one star, two stars, three stars, or one pass, two pass, one pass, he's second lieutenant, two pass, a first lieutenant, three pass, he's got a captain, then he's got a star, and he's a major, and two stars, lieutenant colonel, and then three stars in Israel, and then it's already a bird colonel, what's called the American army, he's got an eagle. Okay, so he goes, and the prestige is that you'll never, you'll never catch an officer with that as a rank, because that's his prestige, that's his prestige. But sometimes, no, from the army, they're, they're not every officer intelligent. Some are nincompoops. <laughs> and uh, 
you see that they take their, you see them in, in civilian after reserve. Do you see them in civilian life? You don't pay two, two bits attention on them because what they have in the army, giving orders, this and that, the same thing. Uh, taking a, and, and a person works in a bank and the bank manager or the general manager in a, in a company, he signs your paycheck. So everybody gives him respect. Why this guy signs the paycheck? You think you're dependent on him. People that signs the paycheck. So everybody gives him respect. Everybody gives him honor. But that's human honor. That's what Rabbi Nachman calls the honor of kings. It's not the honor of Hashem. Uh, give you an example. My, before we got married, my wife was a, uh, she was a secretary in the bank and they had the bank manager and he was, he would tyrannize everyone, this and that. And so what happened is the board of directors, the bank manager hit 65. He wanted to continue. No, they said, no, you, you, you'll go, you'll retire now. This is retired. Well, the bank manager, they wouldn't even give him a job. He was all of a sudden bored. They wouldn't even give him a job in the rail room. He, he begged. He begged that they give him something to do. Well, they finally agreed to let him uh, lick envelopes in the mailroom. And here he was, the tyrannical bank manager. And now he was in, in the mailroom licking envelopes. Nobody paid attention to him. That is a classic example of a person that chases prestige and chases honor. And a person that acts with prestige and acts with honor for his or her own self-aggrandizement and not for the honor of Hashem. We're about to see that honor the, the, the Novi says that the prophet says, that Hashem Hashem created the world to, to show his vastness, to show his honor, that everything is for Hashem. Our job in, in the world is getting close to Hashem, revealing Hashem's honor. It's not revealing our own honor. That that's it's really disgusting because we say oh, honor. Hashem Malach Guslavesh. King, uh, King David says in Psalms that uh the honor. Belong is, is Hashem's cloak. So when a person dresses himself in honor, it's like he's stealing the king's cloak. That's a felony. You don't want to steal the king's garment and put it on because he, the person can get shot from the honor guard. You don't want to do that. But that's exactly what it is. That's what King David says. Okay, so each person is required to minimize his own honor and maximize the honor of Hashem. Okay, so that the honor of Hashem is what's called kavod elokim, the honor of God, as opposed to kavod melchim, the honor of men. And what happens when somebody walks around with the honor of men, the bank manager? So Rabbi Nachman says something very, very interesting. He says that uh, the person, after we said kavod elokim hakol daval, that when kavod melachim hakol daval, what King Solomon said in Prophets, that Everyone investigates if the human honor, the what we call Rabbi Nahum calls the kingly honor, to see, hey, does that guy deserve it? Because it came from people. Now it came from people, not everybody agrees. Okay, so maybe the army, I've seen plenty of times in the unit, okay, the army gives some guy a commission or gives some guy a rank, but these the guys in his company, all his his underlings, they they can't stand him. They don't listen. They just wait for him. There's been plenty of times where they've been in units mutiny against their officer, and they had to change the officer because it's easier to change the officer than it is to change uh, two hundred guys in an infantry company. So they can see when it is kingly honor, human honor. Everybody looks at date. Does this guy deserve it? Is he worth it? How many people, they, they talk about the boss, that the boss did this, the boss did that, that should he be boss? Maybe somebody else should be boss. And about someone, talk about a classic example of, uh, of human honor, the kingly honor, the President of the United States. President of the United States, before the microphone, and he fall asleep, or he'll say that maybe the, the uh, minister of, of, of Russia, he says the minister of Mexico, or the cops said crazy things. And, and everybody says he, he deserves, how'd he get there? How'd he get there? Even people are writing letters in Israel today. There were articles by uh, psychologists that think that in their opinion, if he's continued, capable of, of, capable of continuing. That's that's what happens. And this is exactly word for word when, what Rabbi Nachman is writing here at the beginning of Torah 6 and letter Aleph is like the reading of the daily newspaper. So what do people say? Me who who? Rabbi Nachman says, who is he and what is he to deserve that honor? This is such a deep secret here. Why did Rabbi Nachman 
See, Rabbi Akiva would have said, okay, everybody investigates who's the guy who's worth the honor. But Rabbi Nachman brings a passage from uh, seventh chapter of Esther, verse five. And you know who said that chapter? Achashverosh said that chapter. It's interesting. This is right. We're open up in, in Adar. And this is from above. This is the Hashem plans our schedule. I don't plan our schedule. But they've done. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman brings this passage from Esther. And why do you bring this passage? Who was that that Achashverosh said when Esther said, uh, Achashverosh says, well, okay, he says, my, my queen, why are you upset? She says, this nasty, evil man wants to annihilate me and my people. And so Achashverosh says, who is he and what is he to plan such a thing? And then she says, the evil Haman. The evil Haman, it's right there in the book of Esther. So if we take that passage and break it down, then the end letters of me, who, ze, the a, ze, who, who, ze, ze, who is Aleph, hey, yud, hey. Okay, it's the name of Hashem's name that corresponds to the sphere of Keter. In a minute, we're going to see where that takes us. Okay. No, so I'm just going to mention that. I'm not going to explain that now. I'll explain it when we get to it, right? But this is nothing Rabbi Nachman does is happenstance. It is so, but it's uh, layers and layers and layers and layers deep, deep into the, the, the secrets. Now we go, Rabbi Nachman, continue on and letter Aleph. Okay, we just talked about who chased after the Kavod. A person who flees from the prestige and the honor, runs away from it, that he minimizes his or her own honor. It's all time how great Hashem is. And thank you, Hashem. And it's not me, it's Hashem. Everything tributes to Hashem. His success is it's Hashem. Everything is Hashem. Everything is Hashem. And, and you can hear it. It's, it's called shame Hashem Shagul Bapiv. He's got Hashem's name in his mouth. He knows that he can't cross the street safely without Hashem. So it's all Hashem. So he says, so what does Rabbi Nachman say about this person? This is the person that merits divine honor, the divine glory. This is a person that all the time, he's running away. No, don't thank me. Thank Hashem. Person does you a favor. He says, oh, thank you so much. No, don't thank me. Shem gave me the power to do that favor. Shem gave me the money to do that favor. Thank you, Shem. Yeah, but you're the you're the messenger. You did right by thanking that person, of course. Some people say they think they're religious. Oh, I don't need to thank you. Hashem did it. No, 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 no. That, if you're the person that did the favor, if you're a person that received the favor, you better thank the person that gave you the favor. Otherwise, you're an ingrate, and that is terrible. We don't tolerate ingrates. Our whole name, the, the, the name Jew, Yehudi, means a person that says thank you. That is the whole basis of being a human being. If a person doesn't have gratitude, can't be a human being. And it's weak, for example, in uh, conversion law, the, except reformed murderers, somebody that's been in the pretentiary, even with the 30-time life sentence that he got off for good behavior, whatever, but uh, Ammon and Moab, the two nations of Ammon, don't, don't accept them because they're ingrates. Now, you have to say thank you. But if we did the favor, we don't take credit for ourselves. Because wait, who could take credit for their own heartbeat? Who could take credit for the oxygen in the air? Who could take credit for the breath? No, it's all Hashem. It's all Hashem. So it means if Hashem did not give me the wherewithal to do a good deed, I can't do it. Okay, so I attribute it to Hashem. But if someone does me a favor, I have to thank that individual because that individual was the fortunate individual that Hashem chose to be his emissary. And so if you, if you do a favor for someone, you're Hashem's emissary. So now that you run away from the glory and you give the credit to Hashem, oh, you get a big present. And that present is called divine honor. Nobody can ask about divine honor. You'll never hear anyone in Israel, hey, why did Rabbi Moshe Feinstein become Rabbi Moshe Feinstein? Why did uh, Rabbi Wolby's grandfather, Rabbi Shlomo Wolby, was a tremendous tzaddik and one of the, the greatest teachers of the previous generation. And he was the, the ethics, he was the, probably the greatest ethics rabbi maybe the century. He had, he had, he had divine honor. 
he had divine honor. Rabbi Wolby, Rabbi Wolby. This is, a, let's just say how privileged we are to be in the platform of Rabbi Wolby's grandson, Rabbi Ari Wolby. It's such a privilege because it's this in, in their genes that when you do, when you do something good, you pass it down to your kids, just like even more than you pass down your money to your kids. But everything you've done to improve your character, to get close to Hashem, you've heightened the spiritual status and made it become a springboard for your children, your grandchildren, all subsequent generations. Okay, so now people, that's the difference between human glory, what Rabbi Nachman calls the glory of kings, and divine glory, divine prestige, which is what Rabbi Nachman calls Kvod uh, because everybody investigates into human glory. They deserve it, they deserve it. When a person has true divine glory, nobody investigates person rises to the top, like cream to the top, goes right to the top. Okay, so if a person flees, flees from the glory, minimizes his own glory while maximizing Hashem, then he attains that. Then he attains that glory, and nobody investigates it because not only that, but Hashem doesn't like if Hashem uh, crowns someone. Hashem doesn't like when people investigate it. In other words, all the people, we say, you might ask me, well, why did King David was an anointed king? Why did everybody uh, appeal? They rebelled against King David. They were punished big time. Hashem didn't like that. But King David, as the Mashiach, as the anointed king, as we explained in our lesson Psalms in the Muna Hour, you can welcome to join us every Wednesday, at this time, uh, King David had to have this suffering because when he wrote Psalms, he had to feel the suffering. He had to feel the suffering that every one of us suffered in order for us to uh, identify with, with the Psalms. And this was King David had the all-inclusive soul and the all-inclusive uh, tribulations. All the tribulations that all of us had, King David, been there, done that. So this is an exception, but any other exception, you'll see with the with, with the, the greats of the of the generation that they they rise on their own. Nobody nobody disputes them, except in a case where Hashem has a particular reason. For example, uh, Rebbe Nachman had big opposition. Why did Rebbe Nachman had big opposition? Because Rebbe Nachman spread the Torah of Amuna. He spread the, 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 what most of our teachings at Amuna. And Rabbi Nachman brought them down for us. Rabbi Nachman is the master of Amuna. And the dark side doesn't want that. Okay, so a lot of people, dark side dressed up in a lot of different people, even important rabbis that said, don't listen to Rabbi Nachman, don't listen to his teachings. And that's why even today, there are some circles that have, uh, that have uh, opposition to Rabbi Nachman. But if they were learning Torah above, they'd end in big trouble. Because Hashem doesn't like anyone that uh, investigates it to someone that Hashem gives the honor to. Okay, because that, why? Again, what King Solomon said in Proverbs, he said, Kvod Elohim hastel daval. He said, Kvod Adam hakol daval. He said, the honor of people, the kingly honor, everybody investigates. That the honor of Hashem, it is concealed. It's a concealed matter. And for that reason, if nobody's allowed to say, well, you know, why did the Torah greats become the Torah greats? Do they deserve it or not? First of all, you can't talk about a, a Torah great. So who can who could talk about whether Rebbe Chaim Kanevsky of sacred and blessed memory deserved to be the great of the generation? It did. It was light years above everyone else. And you can't judge someone that's way above you, but someone that's arrogant will do that. So we say when a person, they have two signs of arrogance. When a person pursues his or her own prestige, that's arrogance because prestige and honor all belongs to Shem. It all belongs to Shem. But when a person investigates the honor, divine honor, that's also arrogance. Because that person thinks he can make more qualified to make a decision than Shem is. That's two types of really nasty honor. <laughs> two types of nasty arrogance. Okay, so we go on. This is letter Aleph. We go on to letter Beit. And letter Beit, now Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nachman wants us all to have this honor. Because to have honor, to honor, what, what a better gift 
then honor that Hashem bestows on you. Hashem says, oh, my beloved daughter, my beloved son, you're going to have my honor. You don't have to wear rank on your sleeve. We, we see on, on our Shabbat clothes, we don't have ranks. It's not, it's not fatigue shirts. We don't, we don't put ranks on it that one rabbi has this rank, another rabbi has this rank and go to show with rank on. No, because it, anything excellence in Torah and, and spirituality, excellence in spirituality, that's divine honor. Hashem gives a divine honor. So Rabbi Nachman says we're now in letter bet. Oh, you know how to get that honor? It's by tshuva, by repentance. What's the person? A person wants honor, but yet a person's got that overdrawn in the bank. In other words, a person walks into the bank and he wants the bank manager to smile at him, but yet he's overdrawn. He had uh, $5,000 in his bank account. And he wrote checks for $25,000 and he's $25 overdrawn. So the bank manager is not going to smile at him. He's overdrawn. So what a person has to do is not have to clean up his spiritual debts. So in the heavenly bank that you don't owe anything. So they can, from seven, they can smile down at you. So a person to do that. And Rabbi Nachman talks all about tshuva, the whole Likutei Moran. So tshuva and emunah, tshuva and emunah, tshuva and emunah and holiness. So this is usually how to recognize a Hasidic Sefer, particularly a Breslev Sefer, because every page on it either has emuna or holiness, kedusha, or tshuva. It's all, it's all about getting kedushim. It's not about uh, sharpening my intellect or doing something. So this is, a, excuse me, this is a very not politically correct discourse and not politically correct lesson for highbrows. Okay, I'm sorry if I've insulted the highbrows, but the highbrows, they can have to find so this is not, you know, the, the guys in the, the top hats in the House of Lords, I'm sorry, sirs, or the people that, you know, think that they're better. They sit in the one in the east side of the synagogue with, with the, let the plebeians, let the simple Jew, the, the carpenters and the plumbers sit in the back and he's some important. No, this is not for someone who thinks he's important. This is someone that thinks, what did King David, King's Mashiach said? I'm a worm. He said, hey, who are you, Mr. Human, your majesty? I'm a worm. I'm not even a human being. That's what he considered himself. He was so humble. Moses said, Moses said, Moses said, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. That the more humble a person is, the greater he has glory, spreads glory for Hashem, everything attributes to Hashem, Unless he thinks about himself. We see a person with the, the nose in the air and, and, and the puffed up chest and looking down on other people. We see a person that can't say hello with a smile to any human being. Why? Because a person's station in life. You think your station in life is higher. Station in life is what they say in French, garbage. It's, 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 it, there's no such thing as station in life. What about the soul? You could have a city street cleaner who's a hidden tzaddik, and you could have some great leader of the politicians. For example, the, the, the people, look, you could see this every day. The people that get to the top because of human glory, they all get knocked down. How many leaders of states and leaders of the World Bank and you and did all the, the European Congress have been caught in scandals and caught in money, money stealing and all types of things have been knocked down from their high station. The, the, the president, there have been scandals with, the, with, with presidents of the United States and scandals with prime ministers. It's, why? Because they all got to their place of power because of human glory, muscling and with the muscling, fighting for their own prestige, fighting for their own honor. Now, where is the last ideologist that wants to be the head of state to help people? You know how Hashem picked Moses to be head of state and King David be head of state? Hashem saw the way they were as shepherds. The way they take, King David would, would take the, both Moses and King David the same thing. They would go to a new pasture and it would restrain the ewes and, 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 the, and the rams. And they take the lambs, put the lambs on the pasture so that the lambs could eat the soft grass. And then that lambs were satiated. Then they let the ewes go on. So the ewes would eat the medium grass. And with the soft grass, and then the rams, they could go and they could eat the, the, the straw, the thick stuff. Okay, so Hashem said, if that's the way 
They could tend their flocks, then they could tend my flock that way. And this is what Hashem saw, these humble shepherds. They didn't have humble souls, though. And the soul of Moses and the soul of King David, and they became our leaders. This is the real leader. Hashem uplifts. The person can't elbow himself to the top. There's no such thing as elbowing himself to the top. And that's why the natural you know, politician, look around and see if you know a politician that is truly an ideologist. And he's in there for his, for the good of his people. Take the exact opposite, the evil. <laughs> exactly. They don't even have kavod, they have violence. Like right now, the, 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 the people up in uh, and Gaza, where, where's the head of Gaza? Sinwar? He's got under the ground in some deep tunnel, worried about himself. He doesn't care about anything. He got feet, he's got the he's got fancy perfumes, he's got money in Swiss banks, and his people are dying. He doesn't care. So he doesn't care. You can see that the instead of this would call it to the extremes. And it really the Western nations basically the same thing, but a little bit more refined. You can see Rabbi Nachman is showing us, he's juxtaposing the honor of human beings to the honor of Hashem. The man sees the honor, the Kvod Melachim. The kingly honor and the honor, the divine honor that Hashem gives us. So how do we merit this divine honor? Rabbi Nachman says, by way of tshuva. Otherwise, it is impossible. It is impossible. The tshuva she'ishma bezyoni yedom v'shtok. Wow, wow, wow. Now we learn that the golden value of silence. So person says, well, I don't know. Why do I do tshuva? But I don't think, I don't, I don't steal, I don't rob. I look at the Ten Commandments. I go down, do the checklist. I don't speak bad about anybody. What do I do? Tshuva. How do I do? Rabbi Nachman says that the main aspect of tshuva, when a person is insulted and he remains quiet, that is such a cleansing of the soul. If a person could get to the level where he or she can remain silent when being insulted, they are going to merit divine honor. Why? Because they're letting their own honor be stepped on. Well, listen to this. You can let your honors be stepped on. When you fight for your honor, Bishop says, I'm going to sit back. I don't need to do anything. They're fighting for their own honor. But when you let people step on you, maybe sounds this in Western society, oh, I'm not going to let anybody step on me. No, the other people say, in Inkapu. And one thing, I was in a lecture uh, in here in Israel, in Beit Shemesh, the big English-speaking English community, and usually once a year I go there and give a big lesson. And after lecture, uh, the guy raised his hand in front of 500 people, and he says, uh, Rabbi, you're a nice guy, but you don't know very much. He's never professed to know very much. In front of 500 people, in front of 500 people. But right then and there, that's not him, that's a shem. To go, that, that's a big, that, that's like a, a Yom Kippur. It cleaned up. Oh, yeah, I was embarrassed. My face changed a few colors. But uh, right there, it, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift from a shem because it cleans you up. It cleans you right away. Right away, a person is cleansed of all sin. So that's why Rabbi Nachman says that the main tshuva, the main aspect of tshuva, is for one to listen to one's disparagement and to be quiet about it. Okay, so what's the, what are you talking about kavod? Now Rabbi Nachman goes in a little bit deeper. He goes in a little bit deeper and he says like this, kavod, he says in Aramaic, and he switched to Aramaic, kavod there's no such thing as kavod, honor, prestige. And I did go back and forth between honor and prestige because it, it, they're both more or less the same, but sometimes prestige is more, important and uh, honor is more, but it's just English is a, is a terrible language for spirituality. That kavod and, and Hebrew, it's much, it, it, all the Loshan HaKodesh, it's, it's all spirituality. In English, it's all physicality. It's all materialism. And there are words in English for materialism that we don't have in Hebrew. And there's so many words that describe spiritual situations and spiritual adjectives, spiritual nouns, don't have them in English. 
So you have to kind of invent them. That's that's the cumbersome thing in translating uh, Torah Torah works, especially Rabbi Nachman or Psalms like we do on Wednesday night. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says, Late kavod below kaf. There's no such thing as the word kavod, honor, prestige. The first letter is kaf. You can't have word kaf. So what's kaf? Kaf, he says, is the indication of keter. That is the highest, that is the highest level of the divine sphere, the 10 divine spheres, the keter, that's the crown. Oh, now look at that. Rabbi Nachman, he's letting his secrets come out. The name in Kabbalah that corresponds to the upper sphere of Keter is Ekye, Aleph Hey Yud Hey. And that indicates Tshuva because when a person does Tshuva, a person reaches the upper level of his own soul, way at the top of the Neshama that he's not even aware of, because we're talking about the divine Neshama. And this is the sphere of Keter. This is the sphere of Keter that illuminates in a person's neshama that's up here in the brain. And right here, even, the, even different parts of the brain and, and, and the skull, they correspond to Chochmah Binadat and even the highest to, to Keter. We can't even imagine that. So we said before, look what Rabbi Nachman said. We said before that uh, honor is an aspect of Hashem's name, Ekye, and it's where Rabbi Nachman says if someone... Uh, investigates honor, uses the last, it's a, it's a secret that the last letters of that passage is his name, because why not the first name? Because first name, the first letters of passage, that would indicate divine honor, but it's the last letter, it's the, the human honor, the human sought, human attained honor. Okay, so this is, I'm trying to go slow to explain this. So this is, this corresponds that the sphere of Keter corresponds to Hashem's name, Aleph Hey Yud Hey. And that's the, Hashem, the name Hashem that revealed to Moses the first time Moses went up on Mount Sinai on the burning bush. Moses wanted to know uh, Hashem's name. Hashem said, You can't know my name. He said, Well, Dad, tell me, Hashem, people can ask me what your name is. Hashem, tell them, I am that I am. I am that I am. That's Ekia. Ekia Asher Ekia. Okay. Now, what does it mean? It's funny, when Rabbi Nachman goes into Kabbalah, he just switches, he switches language. He switches language from Loshon HaKodesh, from Hebrew, to Aramaic. Because Aramaic, he's quoting from the Zohar, that the Zohar, is, most of it is written in Aramaic. Okay, in other words, Ekia means I will, the name, Hashem's name means I will be. And we know that Hashem, the name Havaya is uh, Hashem was, Hashem is, Hashem will be. But the name Eke means Hashem will be. This is even before creation. This indicates before creation that Hashem will be revealed. Hashem, this is, this is the highest, this is the Keter. This is the original blueprint for creation where everything comes down from the, the Keter. Okay, so... It means I am prepared to be. Okay, I am prepared to be. Now we're talking about ourselves. But for me, it's yourself. In other words, we're not even human beings yet. The way when we adapt the name Ekya, we're prepared to be human beings, which according to Rabbi Nachman, the people are walking around there, they're animals on two. Very few human beings in the world. And that's why people say the world act like animals. The world is fierce because there are very few human beings in the world. Okay, why? Because this is before... Rabbi Nachman says, if a person has not yet repented before tshuva, a person's not a human being at all. Rabbi Nachman says, before tshuva, a person doesn't have an existence. What's it? A person doesn't have existence. What is a person? A person is a sandwich between the mammal body and the divine soul. And no other creation has that. So, if your person is just the mammal body, he's an animal. She's an animal. And that's why people act like animals. And you see things that uh, they flaunt. You know, people in modern society, and they flaunt their bodies. And the bodybuilders, they show themselves their shirts off. And, and the girls want to show their, their, their body parts. They go unclad, this and that. But it's just like an animal. 
an animal's not worried about uh, going to, a cow doesn't worry about having uh, her legs uncovered, <laughs> her body uncovered. So a person, a woman that goes around uncovered, she's like a cow. And a guy, the same thing. He's like a like a bull or like a like a a boar to come show show his muscles off him. No, don't do that. We don't, don't do that because that that's also that we're walking around with the divine soul. The whole thing of of human honor. The whole thing of uh, people think that modesty is prudeness. Oh, the prude. Modesty means that you're son or daughter of a king. Okay, see, even it takes somebody. I, I don't think, I don't think uh, one of uh, the king or the queen's children in Buckingham Palace could walk around like Twiggy, <laughs> the model. And this is these are my, I know my my, uh, what I remember from fifty years ago. But uh, she was this little British model. Okay, where I think she brought the miniskirt into the world. Okay, you yeah, you can't you can't walk around like that. Okay, the king, king Queen Elizabeth wouldn't let her let her her daughters walk around like that, or her daughters-in-law. No, that they're all. And this is we're talking about we're talking about human honor. But one thing I think about Queen Elizabeth, she was she worried about the honor of the honor of the UK. She was queen. She'd have to fight her way to be queen. She didn't want to be queen. She was worried about and and people respected her. People respected her because she was truly concerned with the honor of her people. Remember Queen Elizabeth, that, that, that she was visiting sick people, visiting hospitals, doing all the different good for people. That's an example of, of a monarch. But and then once again, Queen Elizabeth was not an elected person. Hashem decided that that family would be the royal family. And Hashem gave them the honor. Okay, that's the difference between them and uh, the, the big difference between all due respect, but Queen Elizabeth and Boris Johnson. I know Boris Johnson got, got thrown out for doing something or whatever. Oh, no, but, but there's a big difference. You can see this a, a little something that we could see in our in our own world. In our own world, helps understand. But that we're still, what the, the divine honor I'm talking about uh, is light years above the head of even Queen Elizabeth. But it's something you can at least relate to. We're talking about the divine honor of, of Moses or Maimonides King David, we're talking about divine honor. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says that before a person does tshuva, that person is not a person yet. It hasn't, the person has not come into being. Oh yes, the mammal came into being when the mother gave birth. Just like the, the, the calf, when the mother calfed or the, the, the sheep, she, she gave birth. The lamb came into the world, the cow came into the world, the foal. When the mother horse gave they gave birth, they come they come into the world. Okay, so mother human being came into the world, and junior or juniorette came into the world, but little mammals on two, little animals on two, and if they don't grow up to learn that Hashem is king, and somebody doesn't teach them the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs, the seven Noahide mitzvahs, and somebody doesn't teach them that. Uh, They've got to be accountable for their deeds. So many kids are not required to be accountable. And then they grow up to be corrupt human beings, corrupt adults. They're not human beings yet because they haven't done shuva. This is Rabbi Nachman's words right out of the Zohar. Kodim shuva adayin en lo havaya. That before shuva, a person does not have an existence. We're talking about the way they look at that person from upstairs. Okay, The way the person is listed. So where is his book? In the in the heavenly archives, the book is in the, the book of mammals. It's not even not even with the human beings yet. Okay, but when he acts like an animal, he's going to get the book thrown at him because they show him. Wait a second, you just activated your body, and you didn't activate the soul. You had a soul too. When someone steals, or someone robs, or someone rapes, they're worse than an animal. This is the Gemara, because a person has that soul. For example. You fault if you know to some person that comes from the poorest neighborhood, the parents are poor, and maybe the, the parents are convicts or the parents are criminals or addicts or whatever, and the kid comes up stealing the street. Okay, you know where he comes from, this and that. But can you imagine someone prestigious? You have some important leader in the community and grows up in a good home and sends the kids to a good school, quote unquote. 
and they do the same thing that that poor kid does, that is contemptible because he had a much higher, much higher choice. So coming into the world, having a soul, have a much higher choice than a horse or a pig or a chicken. But a horse or a pig or a chicken doesn't sin. They exist. They exist because that's their jobs, animals, they exist. They procreate, they eat, they drink, they sleep, they exist. A human being that has a soul up here that has not yet done tshuva does not yet exist. The human, the animal exists. Because what's Rabbi Nova say? The person doesn't exist yet. The person doesn't exist. The animal exists. This is, real, this is Rabbi Nachman, he talks very gently. Rabbi Nachman is like, uh, uh, for example, if you take, we talked, I mentioned uh, Rabbi Wolby's grandfather. Well, as far as the Musa rabbis, the Musa rabbis are usually very stiff. Rabbi Wolby's grandfather, he was strict, but he was gentle. But a lot of the other Musa rabbis, they are right between the eyes. They right between the eyes. They give it to you straight, and no playing around. Rabbi Nachman, no. The Hasidic rabbis, they're usually gentle, except for the Polish Hasidim, like the Rabbi Kotsk. They're they're also very sharp. But Rabbi Nachman, he says things gently. So you have to look who's telling us that we don't yet exist if we don't make tshuva. That's gentle, Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman has a word for every a good word for every human being, every human being. Okay, so he says, person that has not yet activated his or her soul is like a person that has not yet come into the world. It's like, for example, okay, if you have a, a car sitting in your garage, brand new car, you never turned the ignition, you never drove the car. So what's the difference between that car and a piece of scrap metal in your lot. The car never took anywhere. The car never did anything. You never did a favor in the car. You never uh, used it for work, just for anything. And this is the same thing. When a person doesn't yet activate the soul, he's like a mammal. Piece of scrap metal. That's it. That's it. So Rabbi Nachman continues. Oh. Wow. 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 Rabbi Nachman says, for a person that comes into the world, and that person fails to activate his or her soul, it's better off that they had not come into the world. They're better off because to come into the world and if people would just read Torah above, they rub their eyes and they stop thinking. People don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear this because it means that they have to take responsibility for themselves. And when you're a person, you have to take responsibility for your actions. Why? The Ten Commandments was written for people. It wasn't written for horses or for chickens, written for people. Ten men for you not to steal and not to murder and not to commit adultery and not to uh, idolatry and to honor your parents and to keep the Sabbath. These are for people. So a person that doesn't listen to the Ten Commandments and he does what he wants, he kills and he steals indiscriminately, and he lies indiscriminately, he covets, jealous of other things, and most people in the world that they covet, governments they covet, that's why they're wars, they covet other things. You can, you can see all, all these governments, you have, look at the map, look at Israel, how big it is in the middle of the whole Arab world, and you hear it, and you win everything, but talk about Israel, no, no, there's no North Korea, and, and no Red China, and no Darfur, no nothing, oh, the uh, Imperialistic, what, what's it that size of our empire? Get in the car and go from the top of Israel to the bottom of Israel in eight hours. <laughs> That's all. That's a bigger country. You go to from the east to the west, the river to the sea, the river to the sea, two and a half hours. That's it. Finished. You can't, what they're talking about the rivers, sometimes think of the river, the sea, we're talking about the Mississippi River to the Atlantic or the Mississippi River to the Pacific. No. Talking about, they don't even know what the river of the sea is. Talking about from the Mediterranean to the Jordan River. Mediterranean, Jordan River. I don't did that two and a half hours. You could probably do it in two hours. There's no traffic. And this is, but yeah, no, they don't want, they don't want. Well, they'll covet. Everything will covet and what's not theirs. It's what a sham. So a tiny little piece of land. Nobody wants anything that doesn't belong to us. Nobody thinks. We're sitting very quietly, minding our own business. And on 7th of October, uh, Somebody, the evil, decided, and now the whole world, you can see the whole world's in charge of the evil. They didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, rape, when it comes to the Jewish women, it's, 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 it's okay. It's okay. 
and they come across the border and they kill 1,200 of our people and kidnap another 300 people, throw them in a distance, and many of them are, are killed already. And that's a dude complaining, you know, it's like a bully comes and hits this little kid and this little kid doesn't realize that this little kid is the karate kid. So the karate kid comes and now smashes it right. Look, oh, look at the, the, the little, the David is, is smashing Goliath and Goliath is crying. Well, Goliath, you came at him with a spear. You can't, this is, this is the world of lies. This is the world, Rabbi Nachman, prophetically. You look at Rabbi Nachman, you can see the world just like it is. It's like reading today's new paper. You see all these people, the UN, nobody in the UN has a soul yet. They're animals, they're mammals. You can see all these people, are, and they're, they're mammals, they're animals. They're worse than animals because the animal doesn't, a wolf, a den of wolves, if they're full, they just had, they just had their dinner and they're down sleeping, a den of bears, you don't threaten them. They're not going to bother you. They're not going to bother you. A wolf or a bear will not do what a Hamasnik will do. Just, I'm not there. Forget about politics. I'm just explaining Rabbi Nachman. Okay, this is why a person that doesn't come into a better or not, when they, they'll see what they're expecting, they're, they're what they I would love to see a movie of what happens to one of these guys when he goes into the next world expecting his uh, 72 virgins and, and sees what he gets. Ooh. Yeah, that would be something. That'd be a bestseller. Okay. Now, when a person comes to Hashem, Hashem, I want to make tshuva, you begin to exist. Then the holy name, Ekye, it shines on your soul. Welcome, you have just been born. You have just been born. So King David says, that this in Psalms, when a person a day that a person does tshuva, it's like a newborn baby. Just like a newborn baby comes into the world free of sin, you did tshuva, cleaned up. You don't have to wait till Yom Kippur. You don't have to wait till Rosh Hashanah. You don't have to wait till month of Elul. And this much of, this Torah is about is about tshuva. Much of that's why it's so very important. It's so very important to to learn Torah vav in order to be a person. As soon as I do tshuva. I bring the divine name, Ekia, shining on my soul. And now I am prepared to live as a human being. Okay, we continue on. So what do I mean when I'm prepared to continue on? So if now, oh, I get chills when I say this. You know what we've done? We've gone from animals with one step in Shuva. I haven't even done a practical step in Shuva. Hashem, I want to do Shuva. And I carry my existence from non-existent as a human to the sphere of Keter. What a meteoric elevation to the pinnacle of godliness. And then I get my divine soul. When a person has a divine soul, something happens very special. You get a smile on your face. You get happiness. You get gratification. You feel a shem is in your life. And people that are depressed and people are down, hey, wait a second. Maybe you haven't done shuva. Before you run to the psychiatrist to get pills for depression, maybe you should run to a shem and do an hour of self-assessment. And you'll feel great. You'll feel wonderful. And say that person's not as a as a clinical psychopath or something like that. Person that we're not talking about psychosis, but person that uh, everybody has no neuroses. But we get rid of our neuroses by talking to Hashem, by doing tshuva, because it was neuroses. Neuroses there are filth on the soul. And we give our soul a shower by doing tshuva. Tshuva is spiritual hygiene, it cleans the soul. And we clean the soul, we do tshuva, we receive an illumination of the sphere of Keter. That is so very awesome. Rabbi Nachman says, Keter Lashon Hamtana. But Keter also had, we'd have double and triple meanings in, in Lashon HaKodesh in Hebrew. Keter also means, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. What Hashem does something for people that do tshuva. First, Hashem gives them a glimpse, a glimpse of divinity way above their spiritual level, but they haven't earned it yet. In other words, to give you a taste of the sweetness <clears throat> excuse me, of Hashem's light, Hashem will give you a glimpse of godliness, feeling of Hashem that's much higher than your spiritual level. And then you lose it. 
but now Hashem wants you to work at it to get back again. In other words, uh, we won't stay that long in Keter. We'll get there. But once we've made it, what happens is the Rashimo, the Rashimo in Kabbalah is an impression that when you have even divine light that is above your level and it's reflected on you, even though it leaves you, it leaves an impression. I'll give you an example you can understand. You go to the beach. You go to the beach and you come, let's say you live in Scotland. And now you come and take a vacation in Eilat. Okay, in Scotland, it's rainy and it's freezing and it's sleeting and it's snowing, depending on what elevation you live. And now you take a vacation in Eilat. In Eilat, you're at the beach and you come back with this golden suntan. First, you get burned with your Scottish white skin. But now you stay in Eilat for two weeks. And uh, after the sin peel, you, you get a nice suntan. You come back to Edinburgh. People look at you. What a shining. Shining, but you're back. You're back in the in the clouds. You're back in the clouds of Scotland, the fog, in the midst, and the the wind, the middle of winter. But you're still shining. You've got a suntan. This is Rashimo. This is what it is to your soul. Even though you're not at the level of Keter anymore, it has shined on your soul, and it's still reflecting from you. We see this in the Torah. Moses spent forty days and forty nights with Shem. He came down. Nobody could look at him. Because it had so much divine light uh, exuding from him that people couldn't stand. They said Moses had to conceal himself with the veil. And the only time he'd open up the veil when he'd go into the meeting tent to Olmoed and speak to Hashem, speak to Hashem, then he'd take it off. <laughs> so this is uh, this is the, the now Lashon Hamtana. So it's Keter, that's Tshuva, because Hashem uplifted you to level. You're not ready to be on that level. But Hashem gave you a free gift. And it's, this is, Rabbi Nachman used a metaphor from the Gomorrah Tractate Yuma, page 38 and page 39. That a person that comes to purify himself, he receives divine help. It's like a person that goes into the perfume shop and wants persimmon oil. In the time of the Holy Temple, I don't know if the persimmon back in the Holy Temple is the same as the persimmon today, but the most expensive oil during the time of the Holy Temple was persimmon oil. And only the daughters of kings could use persimmon oil. All right, so usually uh, there's a question in the Gemara and Tractate Shabbat whether a girl is allowed to put on perfume on Shabbat or not. So the Gemara says that uh, only the rich girls could do it because for them, they're used to it. But poor girls can't do it. Comes along Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is, is love for every, every man, woman, was off the charts. And he says, he says, all the daughters of Israel, they're all daughters of kings. Not just the rich. The poor girls could do it on too, whether they afford it or not, but they're all daughters of kings. So this is, they're all daughters of kings. So we say the daughter of the persimmon oil. So you go into a store, they want persimmon oil, and there's only a little bit, and it's cost very expensive. And they say, wait, wait, there's a line. There's a waiting list for persimmon oil. You've got, you've got to wait. So why does Rabbi Nachman bring this Gomorrah? Because a person comes and wants to do tshuva, and yeah, the tshuva is accepted, but now the person wants, oh, I, I love that keter. I love that, I, I love that illumination. And now so they say in Shemai, wait, hold it, hold it. Now you got to work for it. Now you got to work for it. It's just like they tell them in a perfume, perfume shop, you, you got to wait. So it takes two steps forward and one step back. Don't be afraid of one step back because even after the one step back, you're still further than when you were. And Rabbi Nachman brings a passage from Job, that means, uh, wait for me a while and I'll tell you. That's the Keter, this is where we learn it, it means to wait. Okay, now, Continue on uh, a bit further. I'll call them tshuva as I prinat ekye menu. That before a person makes tshuva, the name ekye and the sphere of keter it's hidden from a person because he didn't prepare himself to. He's not prepared to live. Wow. Rabbi Nach has given a lot of secret. If you take, we're going to say, wait a second. What does it mean? The concealment of the sphere of Ekya, because the, the, the divine 
image of Ekya is in Gubati, it's done. He says, with the concealment, the concealment are backwards. You do it backwards. We take Aleph, Aleph Hey, Aleph Hey Yud, Aleph Hey Yud K. Okay, that, if we could cal calculate that, the one letter, then two letters, and three letters, and four letters, that's what Rebbe Nachman, the secret is, that comes out blood, dumb, 44. Okay, and this is what Rebbe Nachman says, that by way of shvichus domim and bizyonis, that uh, it cleans the blood at the left side. This was King David said, libi halal bekilbi, King David's left side of the heart, where the Yetzer lived, it was starved completely, starved completely because he received all his humiliation, nothing, and this killed his evil inclination. King David did. Okay, I don't want to go too fast. Going to hold up right here. We haven't finished letter B, but make a sign here. We'll finish up. And this is there's so much that we're learning how to be human beings.